Welcome to the Randy Selzer Real Estate Podcast, where we discuss important topics for buyers, sellers, and investors in the Toronto area real estate market. Here's your host, Randy Selzer. Hello, everybody. It's Randy Selzer here. Welcome back to my YouTube channel and back to the podcast. Today, we have two very special guests that are on board today. Christopher Alexander, who is the president of Remax Canada, is joining us. And also Elton Ash, who is executive vice president of Remax Western Canada, is also on the call today. So welcome, gentlemen. Nice to have you here. Great to be with you. So um, what triggered this was Remax put out um, a press release last week about the state of the luxury home market. And it's very interesting indeed and very detailed. And we're going to get into that shortly. Uh, but before we begin, maybe I should back up a little bit and say that I have something in common with both of you guys. I do. We've never met before, right? We've never met. But uh, Christopher, uh, I've been in real estate here in the GTA for about 28 years. I'm still a working realtor. I'm still a working, a practicing realtor. But I worked at Remax Professionals, the Arendelle office on Dundas Street West in Mississauga. Uh, and I knew your parents. I, I knew your parents well. Uh, John and Pamela, and I met your sister, Leah. She had just gotten her mortgage broker's license. She had an office on the main floor. I was up on the second floor. That's when Derek Levitt was manager. Yep. And um, there were great experiences, man. I have nothing but good memories of working there. It was fantastic. Wonderful. I, I was, you know, <laughs> I was, when I saw the invitation for the podcast, I kept thinking to myself, like, I know this name. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't figure out where. So, wow, uh, that's awesome. Not, not on Canada's most wanted, I hope, but uh, no, <laughs> it was cross my mind. Don't worry, Randy. <laughs> not no, once. <laughs> I had a, a great time there. It was a great crew and a great group of agents. And some of them I've kept in touch with and become, uh, we've become lifelong friends. Uh, so it was a fantastic group of people. The reason I left, I left there in 2006. I was going through some personal stuff and um, I had to, I had to make a move. It was just one of those things, but Remax treated me great. They really did. Awesome. And, um, and I, then I went to Sutton Group Summit, also in Mississauga, and they, I just want to say, they've also treated me really well. It's another great franchise, and they have a young management team in there. That they're just doing fantastic work. So we do have something in common, even though we've never met. <laughs> Elton, you and I also have something in common. I was reading your bio the other day, and um, I see you, live, you currently live in the beautiful province of British Columbia, and that's fantastic. Yeah, here in Kelowna. But I also saw that you grew you you grew up. You were born and raised in Saskatchewan. Yeah, chasing cows. Me too. <laughs> I grew up in Regina. I was uh -huh. born and raised in Regina, and I went to University of Saskatchewan back then. They call it Regina Campus uh, in yeah. Regina. You went to the big uh, the big campus up in Saskatoon. And I was reading yeah, that. Yeah, I have an agricultural degree, which uh, does me a, you know, there's a tremendous amount of good in my current role. I was an anthropology major. Okay. So <laughs> that, I don't even know what I was thinking back then. So we also have something in common. Yeah. Anyway, so there you go. But uh, we're all in real estate now. And, uh, uh, you know, I've, every week I'm on this podcast, we're talking about the state of the market in, in the GTA, but also across Canada. And it's just been bonkers for the last few years. And I think it's accelerating. I actually think it's getting worse right now where we've got a combination of factors and the COVID pandemic hasn't seen, it hasn't seen it like it's able to stop it. Like nothing, 
you know, you talk to people who are in the middle of a global pandemic and they say, well, let's go buy a condo. It, there's, there's kind of a disconnect. Uh, I mean, we did see a slowdown a little bit when back in uh, March of 2020, when the, when COVID first hit, but that was just temporary. I think it was just for about six weeks when people were just stunned. They didn't know what to do and they piled back into real estate. And man, I tell you, so, and when we talk about the luxury home market, when I first started in real estate, I remember when my first broker said, oh, stay away from luxury homes because they take forever to sell. You know, there's so much work. And, but are you kidding me? Nowadays, everything is getting uh, snapped up. And I suppose it's kind of a moving target uh, when you talk about luxury homes. And your report, the Remax report that just came out, talked about uh, homes in the, in, Va in the Vancouver area and in the greater Toronto area for priced at 3 million and up. Uh, but that's a moving target because a lot of homes that might have been 2.5 last year are over 3 million this year. So it's interesting times we live in, definitely. Um, so anyways, before we get into all the discussion, do you guys want to give, I know I kind of did a preamble here, but did you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us a little bit about yourself before we start talking about the report. Sure. Elton, you want to, after you, buddy. Not to well, put you on yeah, the spot. I mean, uh... I've been uh, I've been in real estate industry for over 40 years now. Initially licensed in Saskatoon, as mentioned, where I went to university, and uh, joined Remax in 1984. When what's a Remax? No one had ever heard of us. There was only 185 sales associates in all of Western Canada at that time, and seven offices. And uh, and here we are today in Western Canada with 276 offices and. 6,500 sales associates and, you know, 32, 33% market share regionally. Um, and then with, uh, you know, owning an office, being a broker owner previously, uh, and then moving to the corporate side of things back in 94, um, and been, you know, in all facets of the industry, it's been very interesting and been a tremendous career. And uh, yeah, something I've really enjoyed. So yeah, that's great. That's great. 1984, man. That's all. That's I started. I got my license in '93, '93, mm -hmm. and started full time in '94. So you got me beat big time. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting, Randy, because I I remember going to my first board annual meeting, and I was like 25 years old, and and there's this. There's these old guys oh. getting lifetime memberships of so 25 oh. years they've been licensed. <laughs> and then I thought, man, those guys are old. They're in their late 50s or 60s. Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm one of those old guys. <laughs> oh, you're not so old. Let me tell you. The, what the, but there are differences today in the industry itself and the technology. When I tell young agents, especially, and I, I used to tell them, but not so much anymore. Uh, I used to tell them that when I got my license, when I started in 94, basically, there was no internet. There was no internet. So they look at me like I'm some kind of freak from the past. They, they can't even conceive of there not being an internet. But I digress. So that's great, Elton. Christopher? I, okay, so Elton's out in Kelowna. I know you're here in the GTA. Yep, I'm, I'm sitting in Mississauga. I live in Toronto. Okay, um, okay. And Elton, sorry to date you again, buddy, but you've been with Remax longer than I've been alive. Oh, no. Oh, here, um, here but our tenure is technically almost the same, considering, uh, you know, my family's history with the brand. 
I, I've been a licensed realtor since 2010. So celebrating 10 years or 12 years exactly. And that's you know, a big, that, that's a big accomplishment too. Believe me, 12 years <laughs> in this industry. And, but you did grow up in it for sure. For sure. Well, Randy, I mean, I, I worked at that office you used to work at, uh, since I was 13 doing different jobs, uh, started out cleaning offices, did the front desk and did some accounting and all, all kinds of different positions. And then, uh, there was a time in my life where I had, didn't want anything to do with real estate until uh, I got to university and realized I didn't want to, I didn't really like school very much, but you know, wanted to earn a good living. And, um, coincidentally, the family was involved in in one of the very few industries where even with limited education, you know, you can, you can build an incredible career and, and life for yourself. And I did finish school, but, uh, um, you know, it was an, an avenue that I, I felt kind of natural and, um, you know, just, you know, started selling real estate, got involved in the family brokerage on the management side a little bit. And then, uh, in 2014, there was an opportunity to come to the region and sell franchises. Uh, I thought I really liked selling real estate until I came to the regional operations and started selling franchises. I really found what I love to do. I mean, just the overall, you know, meeting different business owners, getting to know the different brands, the strategy behind regional operations and franchising. I just really felt uh, a lot more excited coming to work every day. And, and then it just kind of evolved. And then uh, Remax headquarters bought us out, uh, the family business in Ontario Atlantic and in the US. Okay. And uh, so Elton and I, who were worked together, you know, often for years, I mean, uh, always trying to have a Canadian strategy. Uh, and now it's just official and it's been a really, really great ride. So, well, congratulations on being named president. That's a fantastic achievement. It really is. Fantastic. Thanks, well, and, and certainly from, from my point of view, as I mentioned, 40 plus years experience, uh, you, you know, we, this integration, the, the, the bringing together of the two regions, the REMAX Integra, Ontario Atlantic Canada and REMAX Western Canada has, has really provided the brand and our membership with some tremendous advantages now. And, and the big one is that Chris's, youth and enthusiasm, but his basic understanding of the business. Right. And where we have to transition, uh, just as any business transitions, if you don't remain current, no matter what industry or profession or business that you're in, you will uh, be going backwards. You always have to remain relevant and you have to remain current. I mean, we can talk hours about technology and, oh. and how, as you mentioned, the business is so different now than it was when, when we started. And so what this has really brought about with Christopher's leadership now is, is really rejuvenating the brand as we've always been. We were the original disruptor in the, in the business uh, back in the 80s and 90s. I believe so. And now we're continuing that philosophy and theme as well. And you still got the best branding. I shouldn't say this being a Sutton person, but uh, those balloons, man, those guys, th whoever thought that, I know it came from the U.S., but those balloons are still the best branding, I think, in the industry. There's, there's no question about it. Thanks, so, Randy. So. We, we, we agree with you on that one. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Mind <laughs> you, Sutton is fantastic. Well, anyways, we got into that. 
But uh, so, guys, uh, Elton, you're out in Kelowna, and uh, Christopher, you're here in the GTA. What is going on with the Canadian real estate market? I mean, I've been in a long time, but I have never seen anything like what we're seeing today. And I often tell people my only regret in my career is not buying more real estate back when it was cheap, you know, relatively cheap. We didn't think so at the time, but nobody knew. Nobody could see the kind of frenzy that is going on. And I don't think it's just Canada, although we're right near the top, but a lot of places, certain cities in the U.S., like, you know, Austin and well, New York City, but all, all around the world, house prices are going through the roof and nowhere more so than here in Canada. Well, and, yeah, as you mentioned, it's, it's worldwide, but you know, for the first time in Canadian history, and this is completely unprecedented, and that's an overused adjective these days, is that it is truly a national marketplace that's having the same experience. Yep. I mean, it's always, it's always been where the Rocky Mountains divided it in Western Canada or the Maritimes were different from Central Canada or Quebec was doing its own thing. Well, Quebec <laughs> still does its own thing. You know, we, we, we know that. God bless them. God bless them. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, completely national market now. No, I believe that. And uh, my daughter lives out in Vancouver. She's in North Vancouver. So she keeps me up to date on the Vancouver house prices out there. And they're, they're just, just as extreme as they are here in the GTA. But you're absolutely right. Um, there's so many different things. It's a very complex situation. One of the things that we've talked about in, on my podcast is that there, are, there is a net migration out of, the GTA, out of the GTA, even though the population is booming. There are a lot of people that have decided that they just can't afford it. And so instead of moving to Mississauga or to Markham or whatever, they're going a little bit further. They're going to Kitchener. They're going to Ancaster. They're going to Innisfil because that's what they can afford. So we're sort of exporting that real estate boom out to these ex-urban areas that are a little bit further out. But then well, you read about you. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. Well, things have tr tr tradition, certainly in Ontario, um, things spill up, sp spilled out of the GTA for, for years. Um, it's just, you know, gasoline has been thrown on that fire in a big way. Oh yeah. And, you know, to, to go back to your original question about what's happening in Canada, it's been this perfect storm over the last, you know, two years and even a little bit beyond that, that has led to this. And you have to even roll the tape back to 2017 when the fair housing plan was introduced, the backlog that that created and pent up demand coupled with a pandemic that stopped a market that was, you know, roaring ahead mm -hmm. and on pace for a record year, you know, and then it all compounded when the, when the marketplace opened up again in, in May, 2020, you had all the pent up demand from years, plus all the people that bought and needed to sell or sold and needed to buy in a, in a record setting quarter. And then it was off to the races and then entertainment disappeared. And so people have been focused on, two things, COVID and real estate. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's been this obsession and then you've got people like, Oh my God, I got to get in now, or I'm not going to be able to get in ever. And yep. there's some of that, that hype, which, which, you know, I think is, is a, a challenge for us. You've got immigration, you've got a housing a supply constraint. So basically everything that could have uh, put fuel on the fire every piece of fuel that could be put on the fire was all dumped in at one time and now we're right sitting on. in this um you know very very ultra competitive marketplace uh with with 
you know, no real end in sight um, because there, of our supply challenges. There was an article in the Toronto Star. I didn't even read it. It was just like a day or two ago. It said there was a house in Toronto that had 100 offers on it. I read the headline and I didn't bother wow. to read the article because wow. that's that's you're into the twilight zone. Like what? What? You need software to manage uh, some kind of massive chart to keep track of who offered what. A hundred offers on one house. I think it was in Leaside. Unbelievable. So I, I agree with you 100%. I think the one other thing is also the ultra low interest rates that we have today, where, you know, although they are creeping up a little bit, the Bank of Canada was supposed to make an announcement, I think it was yesterday, and they've, they've decided to keep it as is for now, but I believe they're going to creep up a little bit more, but they're still very low rates. I mean, my first mortgage, I think, was 14.5%, and I, I thought I had a great deal. And now, you know, people are getting uh, variables at like one and a half percent. And now it's a little bit over two now for fixed, but uh, it's still pretty cheap money, you know, if you're going out to buy. So, but you're absolutely right, Christopher. Um, the, it's, it's a perfect storm. It really is. Immigration is huge. Again, there was a kind of a, a stop. And I, before we go any further, I should say I am very pro-immigration. Okay. We're so all, I- we're <laughs> all immigrants. We're all immigrants here practically. And so uh, I think Canada is a big country. It's huge and it's mostly empty. But uh, so we got lots of room for more people. And so I'm, I'm very much pro-immigration. But there was a slowdown a little bit when COVID first hit. Again, a lot of the flights were canceled. People just f- couldn't physically get here. But uh, the Trudeau government just announced recently they're going to allow 411,000 people into the country this year in 2022. We know that historically about half of those come to the GTA and nearly half of them go to Vancouver area. So that's a lot of pressure there too, when you got all these people moving, new people, newcomers uh, that are gonna be moving in. And I'm afraid we just don't have the housing stock in spite of the fact, if you go downtown Toronto, people are so sick of construction because there's so much of it, it just never stops. Uh, But they still can't keep up with demand. It's unbelievable. And how are things at Kelowna? Well, but but Randy, that's the real issue here in in governments provincial, federal, municipal are really trying to, they feel they can tax their way out of, into a solution. And that just doesn't work. It's supply side issues. Yep. And there's starting to be some realization on gov- various governments. Uh, it depends on the municipality, of course. But um, yeah, there just has been a lack of leadership politically across the board in that area because politicians look at four years max. Yep. And yep. this is needs long-term vision, not just four-year vision, right? Well, you hit the the nail on the head. And there's there's no coordination between the federal government, the provincial governments, and whatever municipal government there has to be, because they have to coordinate on this. Mm -hmm. There has to be, there's no plan. I don't think they have a plan. There needs, in addition to, you know, everything you guys mentioned, there are some short-term solutions that are supply-based, are going to be very difficult to achieve because it takes a while to build homes. But, you know, finding ways to attract Canadians to other places not named Toronto or Vancouver could be a, a, a short-term, uh, you know, yes. band-aid solution. But, you know, recently the Ford government did announce that he, or he did assemble a task force between the province and the municipalities. I mean, is it too little too late? I hope not. But, um, you know, there's got to be some kind of levers pulled and, and out of the box thinking that are not just going to, you know, try to tackle the demand side. We need some serious 
supply mechanisms to stimulate that. They've been attacking the demand side by making it more with things like the stress test, making it difficult for people to qualify, uh, bringing on new taxes. I mean, some of the taxes are quite onerous, uh, blaming foreign buyers. And I don't know about Vancouver, but here I don't think foreign buyers are a huge factor. No, um, no, they're less. Statistically, it's less than two percent. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's, so, it's they're 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 really a non-entity, but they're an easy political target. So right, right on. That's where it goes. But we look. Like back in 1978, the federal government introduced the MERB program for those of us who have been around a while, which was purely a tax incentive program to stimulate um, multifamily development right at the time. And yeah, there was issues around the way that got administered, but nevertheless, the, the thought was there. And so there has to be that type of thing where you're you're providing real tax incentives and uh, at the federal level, provincial level, and then the municipalities are quickening the approval process and, and going on with that. But then to be fair, they have to do the neighborhood consultation. And of course the neighbors all say, not in my backyard. That's you right. So That's right. Yeah, it's complex. And Christopher, you mentioned an, an interesting point a minute ago about uh, you know, it's a big country and maybe, maybe there should be some incentive for people to move to other parts of the of the country other than the gta or vancouver uh and i get that i do um but it is still a free country you know it's hard to say well you know okay uh we'll let you in but you got to move to saskatchewan my you know my god bless saskatchewan but, but maybe they don't want to go there maybe they feel that they you know the, the future would be best for them in a, a larger city where there's better job prospects and i don't even know probably saskatchewan's turned itself completely around it's probably booming right now well, I'm well, I mean, that's that that's why I mean those two centers and Montreal too has, has such a big draw is, is all the economic yep. opportunities, but it's also really unaffordable. And that's why I say incentivize, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, yeah, you move wherever you want, but if you move to Regina, um, you know, we're gonna give you a tax break or we're gonna give you uh, you know, part of your down payment or some other way to encourage people to move because the only way those cities are going to accelerate their growth and potentially take some pressure off and provide the economic opportunities that other large cities provide is to grow their population base. Interesting. Because then you get, you know, diversity in economics and, or, you know, and, and economies of scale in different industries. So, you know, it's just an idea, but uh, we, we, you know, we have such an affordability challenge in those cities. We do. That, uh, you know, we need some, out of the box thinking to, to hopefully calm it down a little bit. Very good ideas, gentlemen, both of you. So you want to talk about luxury homes? <laughs> now we go to the other end of the scale, <laughs> sure. which, which, which is interesting, Randy, because when we, when we did the luxury home study, you know, and as, as you mentioned earlier, Vancouver and GTA, that's over 3 million and the rest of the country, we did it over a million. And I tell you, the statistics were amazing just amazing when you look at some of these uh, like a 1400% increase of per of unit sales. Now that's St. John, New Brunswick, where you had one sale the year before and you have 14. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that, still that's, a, that's a big jump though. It is, it is, it is. But yeah, you know, Barry on ter- 45 increase to 278. That's a 500% increase in unit sales. Um, yep. Yeah, and, and stories like that, major cities, you know, Toronto and Vancouver, big increases. So, 
Yeah, it, it truly is a testament to real estate being seen as a safe haven for investment, even if it's personal. Um, there's a lot of money in the world. There really is. Uh, there's a lot of money in Canada. There's a lot of money in the world. All It's all looking for a place to invest. And when you look around, I mean, there's some pretty dodgy things. I'm not going to get into you know, all the crazy stuff that's out there like Bitcoin and NFTs and, or even I'm, I'm an old stock market guy that quit the stock market years ago because I learned my lesson. But real estate has always pretty much outperformed anything else. Plus, you can live in it, you know, if it's your principal mm-hmm. residence, uh, which is pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody would disagree. Uh, the people who have gone into real estate have done really, really well. Uh, baby boomers, especially. We're, we're lucky a little bit. I worry a bit about young people today. Uh, if they're trying, they're first-time buyers and they're trying to get somewhere. And, you know, even a, a modest nowadays, a million dollars in the GTA, uh, you can even pay that for a townhouse or a small semi. And, you know, a million dollar purchase, first of all, you need 20% down. So you, ha- you need $200,000 down payment. Uh, and then you have to qualify for an $800,000 mortgage. And that requires a family income of something like 150 minimum, 150 minimum. So that's really tough for somebody who's 31 years old and it's their first time purchase if they're trying to get into anything else but a condo. Um, I just, I worry about them. I really do. Unless they have the bank of mom and dad, you know, that happens a lot. I'm seeing it more and more. Well, it's, it's a big, big factor, Randy. Um, you know, the, the boomer generation is a big bank of mom and dad. And I heard a stat out of CIBC a couple of weeks ago that the average gift that is being passed on to their kids to facilitate home ownership mm-hmm. nationally is about 80,000. And in the GTA, the average is 300,000. Okay. I was going to say 80 sounds a little low, but yeah. Yeah. So so wealthy boomers um, are transferring their wealth and, and we are, I mean, the boomers are the wealthiest generation in history and certainly right now. And there is the biggest transfer of wealth happening. It's beginning now and it's expected to to happen over the next five to seven years. You know, I'm very eager to see how that translates into the market. And if, Mm you know, more and more funds will go to real estate as opposed to NFTs and, and Bitcoin, uh, which I do think, uh, I mean, personally, I think it's it's challenging to understand, but I don't think those those avenues are going anywhere. I, I don't. But you can't, you can't really touch and feel them. You can see them, no. you can't touch them. And, and I think people uh, really feel comfortable in assets that they can, they can touch and feel and live in is really the, the most comfortable you can get. So, yeah, so we've got, the older generation helping out their kids when they can. Uh, the ones, the ones I worry about are people, or maybe they're newcomers to the country where they don't have a bank of mom and dad. It's really tough unless they go into a condo and even condos nowadays. I mean, try to find a condo under 600 uh, in Toronto. It's almost impossible. You know, so these are our major purchases, even for a relatively small condominium. You know, it's interesting though, Randy, and I'm sure this isn't unheard of by any stretch, I bought my first home, which was a condo in 2011. I sold it in 2015 for a slight loss. Oh, okay. And right before the market went gangbusters for condos. So I think it's, it's really important to, to point out that despite the headlines and the, the incredible ride the market's been on, there's natural ebbs and flows, even in, in 
provinces like Ontario and British Columbia that have seen such you know, consistently good markets. This, what we're experiencing in this moment of time is not going to last forever. Um, so I think it's important for the listeners to hear that. Yeah, everything is cyclical and patience is the key and not allowing oneself to be drawn into the excitement. And that's really difficult, whether that's the stock market, you know, immediate rise or conversely a crash and everyone then sells, which is exactly the wrong time to do it, right? Naturally, but <laughs> after the get, crash, yeah, yeah, you get drawn into the emotion. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's really difficult. I mean, if you're in the market, it's a relative situation, right? You're, you're selling, you're buying it, it, whatever the spread is between what you're doing, it, it's just relative. Getting into the market is, is always the toughest part. And that's historical for all, for ever, you know, getting into the market. And certainly when you do wage ratio to to average home price, yeah, there, there is certainly an affordability disconnect at this point in time. But, uh, but yeah, when we, when we did the luxury report, it just really showed that real estate is still that, that investment that people prefer. And in Canada, we have 68% of the population owns, owns their home, uh, the highest in the world with the U.S. and other develop, you know, developed countries. But it's, it's that draw of lifestyle, of family, of, of continuing uh, living together that really draws people to home ownership. Slam dunk. I think it, that's a slam dunk. I was just looking at the chart here that uh, I printed out from your from the uh, press release. Some very interesting stats, and it, it's it, there is a theme. There is a theme. I mean, if you look across the country, uh, again, we're talking about luxury homes um, outside of the GTA in Vancouver, so over a million dollars, and the number of sales. I mean, you just look at them. Victoria is up eighty eight percent. Calgary is up 122%. I thought they were still in the doldrums, but it looks like things are picking up there. Edmonton up 64%. Regina up 50. Winnipeg 46. These, that's in one year. That's in terms of number of sales. It's huge. And then you go out to the Maritimes. Halifax up 125%. St. John, as you mentioned, up 1,400%. Now that's, that's incredible. Uh, Charlottetown dropped a little bit, but again, these are, are small numbers. So there's always going to be some statistical uh, anomalies there. And St. John's up 128%. It's across the country. It's across the country. People are snapping them up no matter where they are. Where would you guys buy next? If you, you were going out to buy a house, you got financing forever you want to buy. You could buy in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, or you could buy in uh, the heart of downtown Vancouver or, or wherever. Where would, where would you be looking right now? Uh, you know, and that's a question that, that we get asked a lot, um, emerging markets, cycles, and all that sort of thing. But, you know, your own backyard is always the best place to invest. You know, people make the mistake of th thinking that, you know, the, the grass is greener somewhere else. You know, they're living yeah, here true. in Kelowna, and maybe I should be buying in Kitimat or, or Prince Albert or, or, you know, Sudbury. But I don't know those markets like I know where I live, my True Kelowna enough. market. And the first, if, if people are looking at investing into real estate as a second property or whatever, yeah. you always want to look in your own backyard. You know, I agree with you. And I think most people, most Canadians would put that lifestyle, you know, if you're living in the Okanagan, uh, that lifestyle is going to come before any financial consideration. I mm -hmm. think that's the way you should look at it. Unless you're an investor, 
unless you're out buying, snapping up places to rent them out, that's a different thing. Or commercial real estate is a different thing. But yeah, uh, I think I think when you're when you're an investor though, and you're looking at different markets, so important to work with a local professional. Um, Agree. I mean, I see this trend is I actually own a brokerage with my sister in Muskoka and Halliburton, and we oh. see so so many agents coming from all over the province to sell, you know, their clients' properties up there. And the amount of stuff that they miss because they don't know the local market, prices that they pay or don't, or that they list at, it's just, it's madness. And I think, you know, you're doing yourself a disservice by not working with a local expert, uh, especially when it comes to investing. Uh, Because, you know, they've got not only the anybody can access the data, but you, unless you're working with somebody that's been in the market consistently and has seen a lot of property and has sold a lot of property with different nuances, you know, you, your opportunity for, um, you know, mistakes is just increases uh, with, with the less, you know, local knowledge you have. So, you know, my advice in those situations is use, use a local professional as much as you can. What's, uh, what's the, the name of the, of the office up in Muskoka? Remax Professionals North. I didn't know. And I'm a Remax Professionals alumni. I didn't know you had an office up there. Well, I got to get with it, guys. I got to get with it. (laughs) But um, that's fantastic. No, I totally agree. And uh, I've had had the opportunity to help a couple of people over the last uh, couple of years in areas that were not my area. Like I went out to Cambridge for two separate people two years ago, uh, leaving Mississauga, moving out to Cambridge. And I felt very uncomfortable. And I told them, I don't know Cambridge. If you, if you ask me, where's the best schools? I don't know. I don't know where the buses go. I don't know. But they said, no, no, we're, we're going to work with you. But I did feel uncomfortable because you're absolutely right that a realtor brings a lot of stuff to the table. That's just beyond what's in the computer. You know, they, they, they know what's happening in the neighborhood if they're locally focused. And uh, I think that's great advice. So there we go. We've solved all the problems. <laughs> I have okay. Here's a question. Here's a hot potato for both of you guys. Are the price gains that we have seen over the last two years, especially across Canada, are those price gains sustainable? Not forever. Like okay. certainly not. I think anybody that tells you yes, I think it doesn't have all the information. Is it going to be difficult? It's going to be difficult not to achieve those numbers for, for this year. It's, you know, it's possible. We were, I think most people were expecting a rate hike yesterday. That didn't materialize. Yeah. Surprising. You know, the fed is going to have to start raising rates this year. I think that's going to be a good thing. Personally, I think it's going to take some steam out of it, but we've got a growing population and a supply shortage. Like that, that's a, that's our challenge for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and when, when people start talking bubble, I mean, there's a lot of things that aren't there today that historically creates bubbles. And, and that first key indicator of potential bubble is job loss, you know, corporation profits falling, you know, that, that whole GDP not meeting targets, you know, and so all of that, and none of that exists today. I mean, it just doesn't. And, and the unfortunate victim of the pandemic has been the service sector, you know, tourism, restaurants, uh, sports, but, uh, yeah. uh, but that's really service sector oriented outside the athletes. Um, and, and, that, and they weren't, they aren't homeowners particularly, they're typically renters. Uh, 
And everything else economically is just firing on all 12 cylinders. <laughs> and, and Isn't it and remarkable? So, and so, but we also know inflation is a worrying concern. And, and Benjamin Tell explained it to our group uh, back late last fall. You know, the, the key here with the Bank of Canada is you just tap the brake or ease off the accelerator lightly and do quarter jumps, you know, on a regular basis. The worst thing they could do is do a, a half point or a sudden bup, 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 really push up because then that does scare people. And, and hopefully, and from what I've seen out of Tiff Macklem, it's unlikely they will, are going to ratchet things real quick. I think that was proven this, you know, two days ago, but yeah. it, it is still, you, you look at all that. Um, I mean, we hope, all of us here hope that things just sort of balance out a bit, you know, come back to a little bit more of a you know, calm marketplace. You. And you're absolutely right that the the economic engines that drive Canada are firing on all cylinders. It's remarkable. Uh, I mean, I think like you consider nationally, there's less than two months of inventory. Uh, I mean, that's that was based on Korea's report that came out ten days ago. So there's less than two months of inventory nationally. The average days on market across Canada is less than thirty days. So if we even got to like sixty days average days on market, that's a strong seller's market. (laughs) <laughs> anywhere but people will be like oh my gosh like i can't can't get my home sold and i think a lot of people need some you know it's, it's, it might be sound harsh but like a bit of reality check that with some ease in the marketplace that's still going to be a good market prices will still rise but you know having some calm is going to be good for everybody uh exactly what elton mentioned so i'm, I'm hopeful that we're going to see that towards the end of this year a lot of people, uh, a lot of members of the public believe uh, that realtors love bidding wars. They love the fact when there's 15 or 20 people bidding on a house and they, they don't understand that, that nothing could be further from the truth. Even as a listing agent, it's just a pain in the neck. It really is. And from the buying side, you have to realize if there's 15 offers on a house, 14 people are going to walk away unhappy. And that's just a difficult thing, especially if you're working with those buyers and if they lose two or three or four or five offers in a row, and then they, be, they begin to get more and more reckless or, or they give up. But it's a difficult market. I would much rather see a balanced market where you list a house, it stays on the market for a couple of weeks or three weeks or a month, and then an offer comes in slightly under the list price and it sells just like in a normal market like there used to be. Um, I, don't, I don't think any realtor that I've ever talked to uh, believes that this craziness where you need charts to keep track of how, who's offering what and bully offers and all the stuff that goes on. Uh, most realtors I talk to don't like that. And, you know, the thing that people don't talk about too is, you know, that's not spoken about enough, but, you know, the, the, your example about the you know, 15 offers, it's 14 people that are, have missed out. Those 14 people are out there looking for a house right now. It's not like we hear of 15 offers on a house once once a month. It's like every night. So you've got this pool of buyers that are looking for property and it just shows you the depth of our supply challenges right now. There's an imbalance. We got more buyers than we have houses to sell. We really, it's just a simple imbalance of supply and demand. So they need to do something. They really do. Other than that, gentlemen, uh, it's been wonderful talking to both of you today. And uh, I thank you for coming on the podcast uh, and bringing your insights with you. It's just been a fantastic chat today. I really enjoyed it. 
And I appreciate you being here. Thanks, Randy. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Randy. You're welcome. And uh, it's great, great to be uh, to uh, get together today. No problem. Listen, um, anytime you you guys want to be back on, I'd be more than happy to have you on board. Uh, we publish this on YouTube with a video, and then we also strip out the audio and publish it on a podcast that gets syndicated out all over the place. And so, and it, and the readership and viewership is really growing. So I'm sure this one is going to be uh, uh, a home run. A lot of people are going to want to listen in. And I do, I know, I know both you guys are super busy. So I appreciate you being here today. I really do. So thanks. thanks. Okay. Christopher Bye. and Elton appreciate it guys. Okay. Have a, Bye for now. Okay, Bye. Have a great day and we'll talk again soon. Bye. Thanks. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Randy Selzer Real Estate Podcast. Follow us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And check out our main website at randyselzer.com for much more valuable info on the Canadian real estate scene.